This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. God is so good. Uh, how many people are enjoying this, uh, this growth series? We're, we're in a growth series. You know, God wants us to grow. Amen? How many people believe that? And uh, He wants our faith to grow. And our faith needs to be growing. We don't need to be going backwards in our faith. We need to be moving forward. Look at your neighbor and say, move forward. <laughs> Amen. See, I'm going to get you guys preaching. And so God, God wa- you know, he, he, he wants us to be challenged. Amen. And so we're talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and so I came on this uh, probably in the middle because sometimes my my messages, you know, they develop and, uh, we, you know, our, our foundational scriptures, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where the Apostle Paul is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. But I also like John 15, 16, because God, you know, he's called us to bear fruit. And I like what it says in John 15, 16, Jesus is speaking here. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appoint you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he may give you. So, uh, God wants us bearing fruit. Amen? And God, and, and, and people need to be picking from the fruit of our lives. Amen? And, uh, and so, in Galatians, um, Paul is contrasting um, the works of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. So we're focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, and he, and he says here, but the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and your translation could be long-suffering. Can somebody say long-suffering? Anybody, anybody suffering long out here? Anyway, you say you might be saying, I'm suffering along with this message, Pastor. Um, so don't be saying that, amen. Um, long suffering, amen. And so um, uh, again, that's patience, and that's and patience undergirds our faith. Kindness, we talked about kindness last week, and this week I'm gonna talk to you about goodness. And so goodness is is not an easy one, and I could go in so many directions with this one because um, oh man, you can go with a lot of directions, goodness. So, but I'm excited about talking to you about goodness. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to kind of go off script a little bit, just go with the, you know, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Most people in, uh, in this world, if you ask them, are you a good person? Most w- people would probably say, yeah, they're pretty decent people. You know, even the, even the axe murderer will tell you that they're a good person. You know what I'm saying? You say, well, are you sure about that? Yeah. Um, uh, I, was read, I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Anybody ever read that book? If, 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 you're, if, you're, uh, if you have uh, bad first impressions, read that book. Okay, we'll continue. And uh, in other words, you don't make friends easy and you t- tend to, you know, tick people off, you know, at your presence. Um, you need to read that book. So, I, I, so I, I tend to do that every once in a while. I, I get people upset every once in a while. And probably because I'm loud. I'm a loud person. Yesterday I was talking to my mom. 
on the phone. I was at the gym and I was talking to my mom on the phone and I didn't realize, I guess I was being a little loud. And I was talking to her about my sermon about goodness and, and, I, and I was talking about how the world has a twisted goodness. And I guess I was being loud and, and, and how the world, you know, their ways, you know, are, are very twisted in the way they see goodness. It's called political correctness. And so, you know, the world sees things in a political correct way, but not in a biblical way, right? So the world is very politically correct. In other words, um, what it, what's good for this person, uh, if, you know, they, the world doesn't go with a moral law that God goes with. So, you know, gay marriage and all this, the world says, well, what's wrong with two consenting adults in a loving relationship? And it sounds good. It really sounds good to, to a non-Bible person. It sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah, two consenting adults in a monogamous, I can't even say that word, amen, a monogamous relationship. Uh, what's wrong with that? Well, according to God, there's plenty wrong with that. And so we got to go with, you know, what God says. It, you know, if God says it's wrong, then we go with God's opinion. We don't go with our opinion. So I'm talking to my mom about this. And this lady comes charging over to me and says, you're too loud. You need to be quiet. And I'm like, mom, I got some, I got some lady tearing me down. Uh, and I was talking on the phone. I was just getting into it, you know, how, you know, how the world has, cor- you know, corrupt goodness. And, and this lady comes in and charges me and tells me uh, that I need to put a cork in it. And so, you know, I, I just got, I, I'm preaching on the fruit of the spirit, which is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. And I just talked about last week how you got to love your enemies. But I wanted to just jump back at, at, at her, you know, but I didn't say anything because you, you ever been exa- assaulted by somebody and you just didn't know what to do. It was like you just kind of you, your brain doesn't think that fast. Like your brain always thinks afterwards when you've been assaulted by somebody like, man, I should have done this. And I sh-. doesn't your brain normally think like afterwards when somebody does. Sometimes you're just so taken back. You're like, what? What just happened? You got You got to process. Does anybody ever process what, you know, afterwards? And you start thinking about all these things you could have said to this person. Does anybody, I have to process. Does anybody process in here? Especially when something happens so fast. You're like, boom, 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 boom. You know, and um, so, praise God. So, uh, so uh, the Bible says that, that we will be persecuted for righteousness sake. But it may, I could have been talking about anything and she probably would have yelled at me. But what was interesting was, as I started looking at her, she was wearing, she had earbuds. She had, you know, she had music. So I, I didn't understand unless it was a spirit of antichrist. Because a spirit of antichrist doesn't like you speaking truth. So a spirit of antichrist, remember um, when Stephen was preaching to the Pharisees, they, they were the religious, you know, religious people can be the meanest people in the world. Religious people. I'm not talking about spiritual people, but people that are religious. And uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were religious people. And remember that Stephen was, was giving a good preaching, a sermon. And then he starts talking to these people that they're just like, you know, their forefathers that stoned the prophets. Remember that Stephen told this to them? And, they, and, 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 and basically saying that you're hard hearts and always resisting the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that they took their fingers in their ears and started. 
because people don't want to hear truth truth people don't want to hear truth some people don't want to hear truth you want to hear truth Christians want to hear truth I want truth I want truth in my life if, if you're if, listen uh, the an element of a good person is a person that desires truth I want truth I don't want I don't want to be lied I, I, I don't want to be like that person that's standing in front of Jesus and Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't want to be that person. So I want truth in my life. Amen. And so, and so we, 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 we got to understand there is a twisted truth out here called political correctness. And it's based on, you know, you know, psychology. It's based on the way people see things. And a lot of times it, it leaves the word of God out. Most of the time it lead, leaves the word of God out. So what we have to do is that we, we, we as Christians, we have to walk in love towards people because they just don't know. Uh, let me just focus on this about goodness. The world doesn't realize and some of the world uh, have a corrupt view of God and they think God is not good. Some of the world, some people and you have people that are atheists, you have Two types of people that, that atheists, you know, they hate God. And agnostics, they say there might be a God, but uh, I, I haven't seen evidence of it. So an agnostic is somebody that says there could be a God, a higher power, but I haven't seen evidence, so I don't believe. And a, you know, uh, and a person that's uh, an atheist is somebody that possibly believed at one time and got offended with God, got offended with the whole idea of the Bible, Something came down in their life. Their mom got cancer. Uh, and then they believed some religious preacher that says, well, God puts sickness on people and God takes people out and that's what he does. And, you know, you just got to suck it up and just because God is sovereign. Well, God is sovereign, but God is good. Amen. And you got to understand this, that when I was listening to this one minister, you guys probably heard this uh, before, but. He, uh, Norval Hayes, he was a great minister of God and uh, traveled all around the world. And uh, he was a businessman before he became a minister. And uh, his, he, his mother died when he was like 12 years of age of cancer. And so when he started getting close to God, he said, God, why did you kill my mother with cancer? He wanted to know, God, why did you kill my mother with cancer? And the Lord, and the Lord basically said to him, I didn't kill your mom with cancer. It was that unbelieving church that taught her the wrong things about me and about cancer and where it comes from. In other words, uh, the Bible is very clear uh, in James, the book of James, that the Bible says that God... It's in James chapter 1. God doesn't tempt anybody with evil. Amen. Right? And then, and then it says, do not be deceived. Every good gift comes from the Father of lights above. So, so James was saying, hey, don't get, don't get messed up that, that God is tempting people out here. Well, if he tempts me, then I can't help it and I sin. Then God is really behind me sinning. So he's really not just, he's unjust. No, God is just. Amen. But he doesn't tempt us with sin. Amen. No, we are tempted when we're drawn away by our own lust, the Bible says. Amen. 
Amen. And then, and then we continue in it. No, no, no. God is trying to keep us from sinning. Amen. And so, and so, but, but, but James says, don't be deceived. So a lot of the world is deceived thinking that God is crooked. That God is bad. Well, if God was so good, why is all this poverty and why is all this bad stuff in here? Be, uh, because of man sinning. That's right. And then there's a devil out here. And, and, and man allowed devil to come into this atmosphere. And the devil is the God of this world system. That's what, that's what the Bible says. It says that, that the God of this world system has blinded the minds of those that that are that are you know not saved so there's people that their minds are blinded the god of this world and so the god of this world he's into poverty amen he wants to make you broke the god of this world uh he's into sickness he wants you to be sick the god of this world uh the devil he wants to have you to have broken relationships right so God is all about unity and love. Isn't that right? Think about God. God is good. God is good. All good things come from God. You've got to get that in your makeup. When, when, when things aren't going well and the devil says, see, God's not that good. You've been going to church for three weeks and your refrigerator broke down. No, no, God is good. We live in a corrupt world. We live in a world where things aren't perfect. So... But heaven is perfect. Amen. Down here isn't. But you can learn to take your authority and you can learn to move forward in Christ. Amen. Amen. And so and so really, uh, God is good. So I want to get that out of the way so I can continue to move into um, more of my message. So what is goodness? What is goodness? Uh, the world world's believes that goodness is, is uh, being moral. And that is true. Having morality uh, having good morals, uh, that is a part of goodness. But, you know, if you're going to walk in the fruit of goodness, you got to have God's goodness. Amen. You just can't have morals. you got to have God's goodness. See, being a good person, you know, we know this, and you know this, just being a good person and living your life a decent person um, you, God still considers a person that doesn't have Jesus evil. Amen. And you say, what? Yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to go in all this. Let's look at this. Uh, goodness is, it, what it is, a uh, definition, it, it's love's noblest behavior. Goodness is love, noblest behavior. Goodness, an, another uh, uh, element of goodness, goodness is holiness in practice. God's goodness is holiness in practice. If you're a good Christian, you're a godly Christian. Can I say that again? If you're a good Christian, you're a godly Christian. Does that make sense? Good and godliness go hand in hand. So goodness is holiness in practice. Number three, goodness is generosity at its peak level. So in goodness, goodness, there's an element of generosity in goodness. A benevolent spirit. A spirit that wants to give out. 
So that's goodness. So when you look at Ephesians 5.9, it says here in Ephesians 5.9, I'll give you time to look that up. Uh, we got it there. Amen. I got a good team here. Uh, it says here, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So when you think about God's goodness, God's goodness is his righteousness and his truth. Amen? And, and, and God is good. Amen? God is righteous. God, God's perfect. His righteousness means his, he's a, he walks in a perfect standard. God never misses it. He never makes mistakes. He's perfect. He's righteous. Amen? And God is truth. Amen. And so his word is truth. So, so let's, let's, let's look at Matthew 12, 33 and 35. And Jesus is talking about uh, uh, the fruit of goodness. And let's, let's just dissect this in a, a little bit. Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 12, 33 through 35, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known... By its fruit. Brood in vipers. How can you be in evil speak good things? Now he's talking to the, uh, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people of that time. And you got to understand that the relig- not, some of the religious people at that time were trying to do everything right with God. It wasn't everybody. But there were other religious people that were hypocrites. They were double agents. They were living a life of looked like piety in front of people, but they were doing things behind the scenes and their hearts were wrong and crooked. And so, so Jesus was saying to uh, these people that they were brood and vipers. And he says, how can you be an evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I like to say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. Amen. In other words, what's in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. You know, uh, we hear sometimes you you hear about um, you ever watch these shows about airplane crashes, especially if you're going to go take a flight next week. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, you, you know, they have they're really interesting. These airplane crashes. Right. And they they have these black they call it the black box. It's a recording device of what's going on in the cockpit. Right. So they're able, they, they always get that black, whenever a plane goes down, they, they're looking for the black box. They're looking for the recorder. They want to know what the pilots, what were they saying before the plane went down so they can get clues on why it went down and what was going wrong in the cockpit. And so, and so but they would hear whatever the, the pilots would say. And when the uh, one time they, as the, the plane was going down, the pilot says, we're all going to die, was on that Box and of course they crashed and they all died, right? And what was coming out of his heart was death, right? And so what it is the world is inclined to death. The world is inclined to more of the negative, but the church should be more inclined to the positive. Amen. No, no. If you get a doctor's report that says you're going to die, no, you're, what should come out of your mouth is I'm going to live and not die Amen. and declare the works of the Lord. Amen. You gotta, you gotta overturn the negativity that comes to you. See, or you're gonna, you know, 
or you're going to uh, believe what the world says, but the world doesn't always have it right. Amen. The experts don't always have it right. Remember, you know, remember it was the, you know, I heard this, it was um, the amateurs that built the ark, right? And it was the experts that built the Titanic. And the guy bragged and said, this boat could never sink, right? He was bragging about his boat. And, and they hit an iceberg, and it sunk to the bottom. And all these people died, right? So experts built the Titanic that could never sink, and amateurs built the ark. Think about that. That's still around. I think they, they have found pieces of it on, on top of some mountain. Amen? And so, and so what am I saying? I'm, I'm just saying the world doesn't always have it right. The doctor's report does, it, it, you know, they can only go by statistics. But if you're walking by faith, you can live above statistics. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It does, yes, the, the, the doctor's report can only go with, with statistical facts. But, but God's word is above statistical facts. Amen. Do you believe that today? So it doesn't matter if the odds are... See, the odds was against David when he fought Goliath. I mean, he should have lost that fight. I mean, no way he should have won against Goliath. I mean, the odds were totally against him. But not really because, because God was for him. And so God, the, the big God for, you know, David was, 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 was greater than the little devil that was for big Goliath. Amen. So, 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 so it doesn't, the facts don't count when you have faith. Amen. So we just continue here. And, and we, we see that goodness uh, is holiness in practice. Goodness is generosity at its peak level. And then he talks about, you know, here that, uh, that these people are evil because they have evil things in their heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And a good man out of a good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. And so he... so so. Uh, Jesus goes on to say, but I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. Okay, so, so, so Jesus is saying what's in our hearts will eventually come out of our mouths. And what, what comes out of our mouth will, will, you know, dictate the course of our life. And where we may end up in eternity. And so every idle word that we speak or unproductive word will be given account and we will be judged for these words. So when you give words like Jesus, I submit to you, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, that word justifies you. When you said, I, I don't believe that Jesus is the son of God and I don't believe, you know, in heaven or hell. I just believe when you die, you're dead like a dog. Well, those words will will condemn you. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words... So what we think on will come out of our words and our actions. You know, a good person, a godly person, I like that, you know... Have you ever seen that, that, the, that little cartoon? Now, it's very old, and I'm dating myself, and any millennials that are watching or listening in the place may not understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to go with this illustration anyway. Uh, there, the monkey that, that, that puts his hands over his eyes, see no evil. The monkey that puts his hands over his ears, hear no evil, right? See no, and, and then he puts his, 
his hand over his mouth. Speak no evil. Right? I was going to make a t-shirt up like that. See no evil. Hear no evil. Speak no evil. Then I was going to go with the monkey with a little grin on his face. Do no evil. (laughs) You know, with a little grin. Do no evil. You know what I'm talking about? We need to not think any evil. We need not hear no evil. We don't need to be speaking. And the main one, don't do any evil. (laughs) Right? We don't want to be doing evil. Amen. Glory to God. No, no, because if we're going to be godly, we're doing, you know, works of righteousness, not works of wickedness. Is that right? Is this this too plain Jane today? (laughs) Pastor, this is like, you know, elementary. It is, but a lot of people don't realize that that elementary, it's the basics. When you live by the basics, you know what makes a great football team? You know what makes a great uh, soccer team or a baseball team? It's these people doing the basics and perfecting the basics. You're going to be great when you perfect the basics. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying here? Just the basics. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, do basics. Right? Just basics. Isn't that right? And so, and these are basic. But people say, well, you know, like I heard one person say, well, I, I have a great relationship with God. He loves forgiving and I love sinning. And you got to be careful. You can't have that attitude as a Christian. Well, I love my relationship with God. He loves forgiving and I love sinning. No, you got to forsake your sins. Right? You can't say, well, that's a good relationship. Well, God loves forgiving, but he loves repentance. Repentance is different. It's turning away. Amen. So we'll continue. And we're all in that process of turning away from things. And sometimes we slip and stumble, but we don't live in sin. We pick ourselves up. We ask God's forgiveness. We keep moving forward. We keep pressing in. We, we, we do everything we can to live right every day. Like I always say, just take one day at a time. There used to be a, um, a TV show, One Day at a Time. Anybody remember that TV show? Of course, no millennials, millennials would know, but... <laughs> As a, one day, it was a sitcom of a, of a single lady with, with two kids, and, and, and she lived in an apartment building, and Snyder would come up. He was the, well, we'll continue. You, you know what I'm talking about. He was the guy that fixes things, amen? And so we'll continue. And so, so when we, what we think on will come out of our words and actions. Our thoughts, words, and actions will justify us or condemn us on judgment day. Can I say that again? Our thoughts... Our words and our actions will justify us or condemn us on judgment day. Amen. So Paul is exhorting us, believers in uh, Romans 12 too, and this is a way that we can continue to walk in goodness. It says here uh, in Romans 12 and 2, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, you can't keep watching stuff that's, that's not good, 
putting things before your eyes that are not good on the internet and uh, rated R movies and stuff like this where they condone, you know, extramarital affairs. You know, that sounds a lot better than adultery, you know. You know, you got to dumb it down. You know, the world was, it's an extramarital affair. It sounds so much exciting, right? But you don't want to say, it's an adulterous relationship. Well, they're having an affair. No, they're having an adulterous relationship. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That, that sounds so hard, Pastor. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it's the truth. <laughs> and the world, will, the world, see, the world has a double standard. The world will say, uh, will condone, you know, same-sex marriage and condone, you know, all these wrong things. But then if you're a politician and you mess up and you're a womanizer, then they're going to crucify you. <laughs> right. Or you, you commit adultery, then you're toast too. a lot of times in the political world. Right. They don't forgive you and you're out or or, you, or, or if you're chasing skirts, as they would say, then you're you're not a good person. And the world condemned. But the world has double standards and they're really twisted and how they, how they do things. We're not the world. See, if somebody committed adultery in Exceed Life Church, and they were confronted, and then they repented, and they turned from that, uh, we would not kick them out of church. We would love on them. We would say, you know, there is grace and mercy. Right? We don't, we don't kill those that are messed up in sin, we doctor them up. We don't try to tell them they're out, they're done. No, stick in long enough until you get totally set free so you can have a teaching ministry to set somebody else free. Is that right? So we love, we don't shoot our wounded. Amen. In other words, we got to have some love and mercy because you start judging somebody over their sin, that's going to be your sin this week. You know, you get quick to judge, oh, I would never do that. Be careful what you will never do because wait until the devil starts working on you and you start having dreams and the enemy starts focusing on you. Uh, you don't know what you're going to do. Only by the grace of God, we stay straight. Only by, his, only by his grace. That's why, that's why Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is sometimes very weak. I, I, you know, I'm trying to eat right. And my flesh is weak at night. I want that bowl of cereal with the milk. Anybody like a bowl of cereal right before you go to bed? None of you. Captain Crunch. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm kidding. Not Captain Crunch. But, you know, it's a, it's a healthy, it's a, it's healthy, you know. But still healthy cereals with the nuts and the fruits and the flakes. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, it, it, it's still a lot at night. And you, you drink that bowl of milk. You, you never throw that milk out. You always, right? You all, because that milk that's flavored with the cereal is always tasty and sweet. Isn't that right? None of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, but get back to the word. Okay. So, <laughs> come on, man. Does anybody slip that? Okay, we'll continue. Romans, <laughs> keep praying for the pastor. Amen. 
Romans 11, 22 and 23. Listen to what Paul says here. This is really good. Paul says, therefore, consider the goodness and the severity of God. Okay, God is good, but God can also be severe, right? God is good, but God can be severe, right? So what does severe mean, the severity of God? That means that God can be, be a pretty strong, right? Remember Ananias and Sapphira. It was a new church. Both people say, God's not killing anybody. Uh, you know, it's the New Testament. It's the age of grace. What happened to Ananias and Sapphira? Oh, I forgot about that one. They were people that were in the New Testament, and they lied about an offering, and they dropped dead in church. Yes. Right? Yep. They dropped dead in church. And guess what? The pe- some of those people that were in church, the Bible says, they didn't come back to church. <laughs> <laughs> they said, those people die in church. I'm out. And then the rest of them got so sanctified and holy, miracles started happening. They walked in church like on rice paper. You know what I'm talking about? They, they were making sure they did everything right. Amen. So he says, therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God, uh, 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 severity of God on those who fell severity. So what Paul is talking about, and let me just bring some context here. Uh, Paul is talking about the Jewish people. And how they've kind of turned away from God. Even in the Old Testament, how they were following, you know, other gods. And how they, you know, in the Old Testament, God, it was, God had a hard time keeping the Jewish people doing the right things. Right? So, 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 so God, you know, so they would turn away from God. And so, and so finally, God, you know, finally the Jews turned away from God so much, God says, okay, I'm picking some new people and that's us. Right? God said, okay, the Jews, they don't really want me, but I'm going to find some people that will want me. And that's you guys, right? So we're the Gentiles that came in, thank God. Amen. So he says, therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. Those who fell, severity, talking about the Jewish people in the context that he's talking about, but, but, but towards you, goodness, towards us, goodness. If Now, l- listen to what Paul says. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. Oh, pastor. So what you, are you saying, Paul is saying here, that if I start off good with God, I need to end good with God? Yes. You need to end good with God. You can't start off good with God and then end up in the bars at the end, at the end of your life partying, you know. Right? What you came out of, you can't go back in those things at the end. You, no, you, you start good, you need to end good. You start good and end evil, I don't know where you're going to be at on Judgment Day. Paul is kind of saying here that you could possibly be cut off. I don't want to be in that place. I, let's put it this way. I don't want to tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. Amen. I, don't want to, I don't want to live on the edge to see how close I can get there. I don't want to be like the guy when Jesse Duplantis had a trip to heaven. He went to heaven. Jesse Duplantis is a minister. And, he had a, and he, uh, God brought him to heaven and, uh, and, and, and actually took him a tour of heaven. And he said that people were coming into heaven. And this one guy came in and said, thank God I made it. You know, and he was just so thankful that he made it. We, sh- we, we, we shouldn't be trying to get in heaven. Like, thank God I just made it on the skin of my teeth. No, we should be coming in triumphant. Right? Like, like, like Elijah, when the angels took him up in a fiery chariot. That's the way I want to go. 
Not like, okay, come on in. You barely made it. Come on in. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? No, I want to go up in a chariot of fire. Glory to God. Amen. Say me too. Okay, amen. So Galatians, uh, so it says here, or other you be cut off. And also they also, if they do not continue in unbelief. See, he was talking about, he, uh, Paul was using a tree as an analogy. And he was saying that we were grafted in. If I, if I read this, he, we're grafting it as wild olive branches. And that the Israelites were broken off because of their unbelief. So Paul was saying, listen, the Israelites got broken off, but we got uh, spliced in as a wild olive tree, you know, you know a branch. But and then, and then Paul says, don't get too cocky that you're spliced in. Don't get, don't get cocky and think that you're all that. And start downing the, 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 the Israelites or, or the Jewish people that don't have salvation. Don't do that because Paul even says earlier that, that God could cut you off too, basically. In other words, so we don't want to get cocky, amen? We want to stay humble. Glory to God. And so I like this. And, and so here's another encouragement that Paul says in Galatians 19. I'm still talking about goodness and fruit of goodness. See, the fruit of goodness, you have to continue in it. Uh, and the fruit of goodness in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, this is one I use a lot. Uh, Paul is exhorting us, let us not grow weary in doing good. So, so, so sometimes, see, sometimes what happens is when wrong things are happening to a believer, and, and a believer is um, incurring persecution and, and things are happening, the enemy's coming against that believer. Sometimes that will cause us to sometimes want to give up or say it's too hard to follow God. It's, you know, it was easier before, it seems like. So, so, so here, Paul says, listen, don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, all, as we have opportunity, let us continue to do good, especially those who are in a household of faith. So, so, so Paul is admonishing us, to do good to those that are in a household of faith. You can't do good to those who are in a household of faith if you don't come to church. Mm, oh, man, I'm preaching it today. If you're not in church and you're not with the body of believers, how can you do good to the household of faith? Well, I can be a Christian and not go to church, Pastor. Yeah, you can be a Christian and not go to church, but you're missing out on a lot of blessings that you could be walking in going to church. And being a blessing in producing good fruit. Amen. And so, and so, uh, so, he's, so he says here in Hebrews 10. Now, when you study out Hebrews 10, it's a really sobering uh, uh, passage of scripture. And Paul t- talks a little bit about not going away, not continuing in sin. And then he says here uh, in, in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, because, because Paul talks about if you continue in sin, then there remains no more sacrifice but a expectation of judgment to come. And then he says here, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The promise he's talking about is not a prayer request that you're believing God to answer. The promise he's talking about is salvation. He's talking about making it into heaven. So, so he's saying, don't cast away your confidence because it has great recompense of reward. What is the reward? Eternity in heaven. 
See, some people will say this, and some people get are so twisted in their thinking. I'm talking about worldly people. They think, well, you know, uh, they don't think hell's that bad. And they say, well, I don't need God in my life. If I die and go to hell, I'm going to go party with my friends down in hell. Right? They say that, right? Um, you know, uh, has anybody ever watched the movie The Avengers? Anybody? Now, you may never watch the movie. I like these movies. And in the movie, you know, the bad guys were coming in through a portal. And it, and it was this big creature that was, flow, you know, destroying everything. And it's a portal. And, and you, know, you could consider that like hell, you know. And it looked like, you know, uh, some creature, some big worm from hell moving and tearing up buildings. And, uh, and so you have Tony Stark, the uh, Iron Man. He's, he's chasing Iron Man into, into where they're at. And he says, I'm bringing the party to you. And then one of the ladies says, says I don't see this as a party. In other words, hell is not going to be one big party. It's going to be a place of destruction and misery. It's going to be a, a, a place of, of loneliness and despair. It's going to be a place that you don't want to be a part of. And then finally, it's going to be an eternity in a lake of fire. Think about that. So, so it's not a party. You know what? You know, the devil tries to, try to, he tries to flip the script. Oh, it's going to be a big party. You're going to be able to do all this fun stuff in hell. 72 virgins, whatever. Have as much sex as you want. Great. Awesome. No, it's not going to, it's not going to be like that in hell. No, you're going to be tormented by demons. People will be tormented by demons now. But you know where the party's at is in heaven. Really, the party is when we get to heaven because God's going to be showing how much, how much he loves us and displaying his goodness because God is good through all eternity. For those that gave up, you know, uh, you know gave up. Some, some of you had to let go of some of your friends, your sinful friends, because you picked up your cross and followed Jesus. Some of you had to let go of, of some of those things, those, those things that you love, booze and different things like that, and because you have to follow Jesus. You gave up fleshy indulgences to follow Jesus so that you can party with Jesus in heaven. Is it worth giving up everything for Jesus? Yes, and a thousand times yes. Any, every, it's worth giving up anything for heaven. It's not, listen, what is it to gain the entire world? What is it to have all the men, all the ladies, women, all the men, uh, all the money, all the mansions? What is it to have all that on this planet and still die and go to hell? Are you listening? No, I would rather, I would rather, you know, uh, be uh, somebody at the door of a tent for the righteous than live in the, 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 the nice houses of the wicked. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, it's worth it. It's worth getting up every Sunday morning, coming to church. It's worth getting into your Bible every day. It's worth reading the Bible every day, praying every day when you don't feel like it. It's worth telling your flesh, no. Yes, there's great reward to those that keep walking good before God. There's great recompense of reward. And Paul says, now I myself, in Romans 15, 14, because he was exhorting the people, hey, continue to do good. He said, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able to admonish one another. In other words, he says in another passage, 
uh, Paul says, I believe that the work God has done in you will be complete until the day of Christ. So, so how, how is that going to happen? You've got to continue to walk, walk in holiness. You've got to continue to walk in generosity. Amen. You've got to continue with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Continue with God. Amen. So, so what is the standard that God has? The, the standard that God has is basically the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments uh, is in two passages. And this is what's for the Israelites, but it's for us too. And uh, I'm just going to read through it real quickly. Uh, and the first, first four is our relationship with God. The, the last six is our relationship with people. So, so the Ten Commandments is based on our relationship with the Father God and our relationship with people. That's what the Ten Commandments is all about. And so I'm just going to read it. You shall have no other gods before you, right? You shall make no idols. Uh, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. And of course, when you, and I, I just kind of shorten it, but, but when you say covet, it says don't covet your, your neighbor's wife. You know, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Don't don't have a desire for their stuff. Right. In other words, you know, it can turn into greed. Amen. And and all that. So 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 what God's standard of goodness is basically his Ten Commandments. But guess what? He, he revealed the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, but they couldn't keep them. Right. So what did he have to have with the Israelites? He had to have a sacrifice system of animals. Right. And so, so, and a priest, and they would sacrifice an animal for their sins. And if they missed it, they would have to, if they sinned, I mean, if we were still under the Judaistic law, if that's a word, uh, if you sinned, you'd say, Pastor, I got a lamb for my sin. I sinned last week. So, okay, let's cut that lamb and let's, let's, let's put that blood over that sin, right? I'm, aren't you glad that we're not in Judaism? Amen. There'd be a lot of lambs being slaughtered in Exceed Life Church. No, I'm kidding. You guys are walking in goodness. Amen. But, oh man, I'd be slaughtering a lamb every day, Pastor. You know? But thank God that Jesus is called the Lamb. He's called the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, right? And so this is where Judaism ends and Christianity begins. So, so, so uh, basically, Jesus. Um, sacrifice on the cross and his blood poured out on Calvary uh, brings us, gives us God's goodness. Us believing that imputes God's goodness in our life. And so we get the fruit of goodness because we believe on Jesus. Does that make sense? And so the world without Jesus believes in a universal goodness of men. In other words, people are inherently good. That we as a human race are, are God's children and when we die, we'll be in a better place. Have you ever heard that? Well, that person's in a better place. You, if they know Jesus, they're in a better place. Amen. If they don't know Jesus, the Bible says otherwise. Amen. That per, you know, sometimes they will, sometimes other religions will say, well, maybe they'll be reincarnated into a roach. You know, no, I'm t- into, a, into something better, you know. Some people believe in reincarnation and, and, and why? Because nobody wants to believe hell. They want to, let's go with something else. 
Nobody wants to even think about hell. No, it, maybe I'd be reincarnated. Well, you know, the Catholics have something pretty similar. It, it, you know, uh, maybe you, you'll be in a holding place if you did some bad things called purgatory, right? So that means if you didn't live your life right, you're, you're in a holding pattern until you get to heaven. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says once a person dies, then the judgment. That means you're either in one place or the other. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that could mean two things. To be absent from the body is to be present with your Lord. And your Lord, depending on if you receive Jesus as your Lord or Lucifer as your Lord. Oh man, I'm preaching today. Pastor, you're getting serious. Yes, it's serious business. Dude, listen, hell is not full of people that God has rejected. Hell is full of people that, pe that people have rejected God. Hell is not, again, hell is not full of people that God has rejected. Hell is full of people that people that have rejected God. They said no to God. They said no to Jesus. They don't want Jesus. So hell is full of people that rejected God, not God rejecting people. Is that right? And thank God, just say, just say, yes, Lord, yes. Amen. I was preaching on that Wednesday. You know, there's a song. Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. You better say yes to the Lord. Amen. Because there's severity of God and there's the goodness of God. I don't want to be like Jonah. See, Jonah had God's grace on his life. He was a prophet. And Jonah went the opposite direction. He ended up in the belly of the well. He ended up still doing God's will, but God had to put a bit and bridle in his mouth. I don't want to be the Christian that God has to put a bit and bridle in my mouth to pull me wherever I got to go to make sure I'm acting right. And is this going, this is going good like over like a lead balloon. Amen. And so, and so let's look at this. Look, look, look. being morally, um, having morals will not get you to heaven. Being a general good person won't get you there. Romans 3.23. I'll take you down the Romans road. This is really good if you're ever witnessing to anybody. Romans road. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this passage is saying that, that until you come to the accountable age, you've got to come to an accountable age because babies don't go to hell. But once you come to an accountable age, then sin is awakened when you make the wrong choices but when you receive Christ, then you become a new creation in Christ. So Romans 3, 10 and 12 says this way. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They all have turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. That's a big indictment on the human race. So what God is saying is, he's saying that, that basically where the world would say, well, people are inherently good, God is saying people are really inherently bad. There is, there is selfishness in people. There's self-centeredness in people. And so people really, some people will sell you out. <laughs> some people will sell their own mom out. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Some people to save their own skin. But goodness, when you're walking goodness, you will lay down your life for somebody else. A good person will lay down their life. Jesus laid down his life. That's the ultimate of goodness. 
So, so Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. So in Romans, so, so we see here, the, the, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we reap what we sow. So you reap either death in sin or life in Christ Jesus. So in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, amen, that, uh, that, that, that Jesus raised God, or that God raised Jesus from the dead, for the heart man believes on the righteousness and with mouth the confession made of salvation. Notice Paul is saying that our mouth and our words will justify us. With your mouth, the Lord, and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. So he's talking about our words can justify us. We can confess ourselves into the kingdom of God by confessing the lordship of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I can't believe that. Someone would say, I can't believe just saying that I accept Jesus would get me to heaven. It's got to be more than that. No, no, it has to be a heart. It can't be out of the head. And you've got to receive Jesus from your heart coming out of your mouth and believing. And then that's, it can't just come out of your head. And so, so it says here, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord, verse 13, shall be saved. Just calling on the name of the Lord. So, so Jesus' salvation, uh, so, so goodness, it, it, God's goodness in us is a transformation work, not a doing work. It's God transforms us. He doesn't, he doesn't press us to, you know, we just don't become good in our own self. No, he transforms us to walk out goodness. See, any good that I have and any good that I do, it's all motivated by God. In other words, God motivates me. He says, do you want to do good? He gives me a chance. Would you like to be a blessing and give into the offering today? Or would you like to hoard your money and still be in lack? Uh, I'm in fear, so I'll hold my, hoard my money. No, no. <laughs> Give, and it'll be given back to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so here, I just had to throw that in there just to throw you guys off, amen? So, so Jesus reveals salvation through a tr- spiritual transformation. Now let's look at this. Man, I wish I had another hour, but I'm going to have to close this down in about five minutes. John 3, 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was not one of the Pharisees or Sadducees that were crooked. Nicodemus was a guy that wanted truth in his life. See, a good person wants truth. And so Nicodemus came to Jesus. He still had a fear of the other of his colleagues. So he came to Jesus that night. He didn't want anybody to know. Right. And so he came in and he said, Jesus, he said, Jesus, you know, um, Jesus said, you know, you, uh, uh, he said, he was at, basically he was asking Jesus, you know, you, I know you're different. You're doing miracles. You got a connection with God. What is this all about? I mean, how do we connect with God? And, and, and Nicodemus was a religious Jew. He wasn't a crooked Jew. He was doing all the right things. And Jesus said to uh, Nicodemus, Jesus answered him and said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, John 3, 3, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So, 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 so Jesus is saying, listen, it's more than just religious rituals that's going to get you in the kingdom now. It, it's switching. God is, is flipping the script. It's not just obeying the law and the sacrifices of animals. It's going to be a new way now. And the new way is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then John 3, 5, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit... 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So water is, you can say water baptism, and that's part of our salvation. But really, salvation is a heart thing. So, uh, water baptism is an outward expression of a heart thing. And so water can be also be, be likened to the word. You've got you to gotta be drawn by the Holy Spirit and you're won in by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. John 3, 14 and 15. You guys know that I love John 3, 16. What does John 3, 16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? We, we, we all love that. But what does John 3, 14 and 15 say? Let's back this up. Well, John 14 and 15 says that this is his whole, this is uh, Jesus' whole conversation with Nicodemus. Like I would ask people, do you know what John 3, 16 says? And people say, no. I said, do you know who quoted John 3, 16? Who said it? No, I don't know. Jesus, okay. Jesus is the one that quoted John 3, 16. Amen. And it says, and Moses lifted up the servant. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So Jesus was actually saying here that as, as Moses lifted up, what happened was in the Old Testament, you guys already know this because I teach you this all the time. But in, in the Old Testament, they were complaining and griping, right? The people. And another thing about evil, I don't have time to go about all of it, but complaining and griping is a form of, being, of evilness. Amen. Talking about how bad the circumstance is a form of evil. We're speaking evil. We're not agreeing that God is good and that, you know, you, 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 you don't talk about your mountain. You talk to your mountain, right? And so, and so they were complaining. And what happened was serpents started coming up from the ground and biting the people. Now they were in a worse predicament. Not only were they, were they in the, on there, they were complaining about the manna, manna this and manna that. Then these, these serpents came up. And then, of course, uh, uh, God told Moses to make a, a brazen serpent uh, and put it on a pole and lift it up and have the people look at it. And when they looked at it, they were healed, right, in, in the wilderness from the snake bites. So, so what Jesus was referring to this, he was saying, as, as I am lifted up on the cross and you receive me and focus on me, you will be healed, delivered, and set free from every ailment that comes against you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? As you focus on me, you can have salvation. In other words, uh, shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Amen. So I love that. So if uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And verse 21, for he made him, Jesus, to be, to be sin. For us that we might become the righteous of God. So Jesus became sin so that we can have right standing or God's goodness. Is that good today? Yeah. It, that's good today because, see, one place in the scriptures, the people were saying, what can we do to, to, works the, to work the works of God? They were screaming this out to Jesus, and Jesus said, believe on me. <laughs> he wasn't referring to good works. Oh, you hear? He was saying, believe on me. If we believe on Jesus, good works should come out of us. Are you listening to one? If we believe, we should want to go to church. We should say, oh, man, I'm not going to go where all those hypocrites are, you know. You know, you you shouldn't be talking like that. No, you should be going to church. We're not hypocrites in this church. We walk in the light of God's word. We shun evil. We don't, we're not double agents. 
We don't work for God on Sunday morning and the devil six days the rest of the week. No, we, we are fully on board with God. Amen? So if we're going to walk in God, we have to walk in holiness. Holiness is a life of prayer, worship, the word, and being with other believers. Amen? And of good works. Amen? Uh, that's holiness. Uh, uh, if we're going to walk with God in goodness, we're going to have a generous spirit in our time, in our talents, and in our finances. We're going we're gonna to give to God. Amen. If we're going to walk in goodness, if we're going to walk in godliness, we're going to be givers, even if it hurts. You guys remember my story about me giving my watch away to my pastor, right? Remember, I, it, it, you know, I won that watch in a contest. It was a Gucci it was the most expensive watch I've ever owned, like an $800 watch, 18 karat gold micron plating. I used to sell jewelry and watches. <laughs> and it was a beautiful watch. It was beautiful. I always look at it, man, I'm a victor. Man, I always look at it. Because I won in a contest, right? Man, man, victory. Every time I looked at that watch. And then God said, well, you, you know, surely a pastor needs a better watch. He had like a Timex, you know, it was all beat up looking and... I'm a jeweler, so I look at people's jewelry. So if you have ugly jewelry, I'm, I'm not going to say too much to you. But if you've got nice jewelry, I'm going to say, that's nice stuff. You know? so, so as a jeweler, you look at things different, right? And so, and, so, and so I said, surely a pastor needs a better watch than that. I said, I should, I said he sure does. I sure love my watch. And I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, give him your watch. Oh, Lord Jesus. That was like cutting off my right arm. And it kept coming back to me. You know, if God's talking to you, it will keep coming back to you. Amen. If God's really, truly talking to you about something, he won't, just mention, he won't just nudge you once. He may just keep nudging you a couple more times. Nudge you. Like, Lord, is that you? <laughs> you really want me? You know, you're, you're sleeping in bed and you, you know, and you get that nudge. Go to church. Lord, is that you? I got to sleep. Your body says, I want to sleep in a little bit more. <laughs> and, you, and the Holy Spirit nudges you. Go to church. You need to go to church today. Right? Is that, you know, and God nudges us. Right? And so I gave that watch away. Amen? Hallelujah, man. And it was, and God blessed me. Over and above, I could have bought a Rolex for how much God has blessed me over that watch. Amen? A Rolex is a little bit more expensive watch. Amen? So let me just, let me finish off this with one story. And, and, and this is a, it's an account of a man that's wealthy um, why Jesus was walking around and he was healing people, delivering people, setting people free. And uh, it's in Luke 19, uh, verses 1 through 10. And this guy was a tax collector. His name was Zacchaeus. And he was wealthy. And those guys, uh, those tax co uh, collectors, were known as being not too straight. They were crooked. They would take some of the money, the, the taxes that they would collect for the Romans. You know, they kind of worked for the Romans, right? And they, and they would probably put a little bit in their collection. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so say they weren't known as the upright people in that day. If you were called a tax collector, you were considered like the scum of the earth with those people. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? They were, tax collectors were not good people. So, so, so here, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, uh, Luke, 10, uh, Luke 19, verse 1. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So I relate to this guy. Not being short, but being rich. But we'll continue. So, um, so he ran ahead 
and climbed up into a sycamore tree to, to see him, for he was going to pass by that way. So, so, so Zacchaeus was interested. He, wanted, he heard all about Jesus. He heard about the miracles. There was a lot of people in that crowd. He saw a tree. He said, I'm going to... How many people are desperate for Jesus? How many people are willing to go the nth degree to get into God's presence? How many people are willing to get up early in the morning and pray? Okay, we'll continue. How many people are willing to get in your Bibles every day and find out about this Jesus? How many people are willing to worship God when it's inconvenient? How many people are like Zacchaeus? He said, I'm going to figure out a way to see Jesus. Are we figuring out ways to get God in our lives? And it says here, uh, so Zacchaeus climbed up a tree, a sycamore tree, for he was going to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. So we know this, that, that the tax collectors, right? Do you know that Jesus actually said it would be the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the drug dealers, the, 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 the people that people look down on society, those are going to make it in the kingdom of heaven before the religious people. Amen. Are you listening to one? Are you, are you listening? Some of us came out of some of the, the, those stuff, some of those dark areas. Some of us came out of those places. Thank God we're not in those places anymore. Thank God God looked down at us. Amen. So he says here, Zacchaeus, he stood up and said, Lord, look, I gave, ha uh, 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 Zacchaeus heard the message of salvation. Zacchaeus received Jesus, obviously. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, it, uh, said to the Lord, look, Lord, I'll give half my goods to the poor. So, so right then and there, he made a decision that he was going to give half his wealth to the poor. He said, if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So listen, this is what I'm going to say to you. When God's goodness, when it comes into your life, it's going to compel us to give our finances to God. It's going to compel us to give our talents to God. It's going to compel us to give our time to God. You see, when, when, when God really affects a person's life, you know, it's not just an outward, you know, demonstration of goodness like the, like the young rich ruler that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to, uh, to, to, to get eternal life? And he says, good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. But he said, you know the commandments. You know, honor your mother. Father. Jesus brought it back down to the Ten Commandments. And that young rich ruler said, I have done all of that since I was a child. And Jesus said to him, there's one thing you do lack. Sell all that you have and go give to the poor and come follow me. And you will have riches in heaven. And the guy walked away. You see, see, he didn't want, he wanted, see, this guy wanted eternity. He wanted salvation without the sacrifice. He wanted salvation without giving back to God. 
See, listen, if, if you're going to get salvation in your life, if you're going to get God's goodness in life, you're going to have to give it all to God. You're going to have to give your entire life to God. You can't hold back anything from God. you got to lay it all down on the line for God. That's a different message, Pastor. I thought I could just give God a little bit. No, God wants it all. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to tell you to give all your stuff away. He may. But he just wants you. If your stuff doesn't have you, then God's not going to ask you to give it away. But if you are tied to your stuff, then he may tell you to give it all away. Why? Because that's an idol in your life. So we got to get rid of the idols in our life. We got to get rid of those things that those little gods that we are bowing down to. No, we need to serve the living God. We need to lay it all down. And when God really comes into our life, we're going to be like Zacchaeus. We're going to give away half our stuff. Why? Because the kingdom of God is like a pearl, Jesus says. And it's so valuable. This pearl is so valuable that the person took the pearl, buried it in a piece of land, and then, then he. He said, it's so valuable, you purchase the entire land to get to that pearl. So how many people are willing to lay it all down for God in this place? How many people are willing to lay it all down for God that's watching me? Today is the day of salvation. It's time to stop playing games. It's time to start running hard with God. It's time to move forward in the grace of God's goodness. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your precious goodness to us. And I thank you, Father, that all good gifts comes from you. And Father, I know the good gift is eternal life. And Father, you are knocking on the hearts of many people today. And you're just waiting for us to open that door so that you could come in and reveal your goodness to us. Perhaps you're here. Uh, and you're in this service today, or perhaps you're watching online, and you know it's time to lay it all down, to put God first place. This is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance, so I want to encourage you to, to get God in your life today. Yes, just, you know, let your words justify you today for judgment day in the future, and this is what you need to do. You need to, if you're ready to move forward in God, just... Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification to make me right with you, Father. And Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 